live from St. Louis, Missouri, it's the Technically Speaking Podcast. Brought to you by Doherty Business Solutions. Get ready, because it's time to talk nerdy on the Technically Speaking Podcast. We are back, Technically Speaking Podcast. We're about at our midday point now. It's uh, it's uh, I think it's lunchtime at the uh, at the Agile Midwest Conference, and uh, and it's it's a full stock of great topics. Uh, I think some great food. I'm looking at a at a fantastic spread out there of, uh, of carbonated beverages and, and whatnot. And, and we got a, a great guest with us today, uh, Gary Gary Pedretti. Am I saying that correctly? Yep, Gary? that's right. And uh, you are the founder of, is it Sedoto or yeah, is it? Okay. Sedoto. And that uh, has an interesting meaning behind it. Why don't you just share a little bit about uh, your company and, and what uh, what's behind the name? Yeah, Sedoto is an acronym that stands for See One, Do One, Teach One. And that's a, a experiential, uh, experiential learning sort of uh, meme or approach to mastery. And the idea is... Until you can really teach something to someone, explain something to somebody uh, to bring across uh, an idea, you don't really have mastery of the subject. And it's, that's been uh, something I've lived my life by, sort of, in, uh, and especially in this agile world and dealing with Scrum and, and things like that. Seeing uh, people implement Scrum, helping them do that, and eventually teaching um, I'm currently a trainer for Scrum.org. Uh, I've been a trainer for Scrum.org for five or six years now. And that's one side of the teaching. I also do um, some custom courses on more technical subjects uh, like TDD and DevOps and things like that. Yeah. And so you're actually uh, you're actually kind of a, a seasoned speaker, too. I was, I was reading through your bio, and you've talked at uh, some of the big national agile conferences, uh, as well as the O'Reilly Conference, uh, even even going a little international, if you consider Toronto international. Yeah. Um, yeah. But uh, so, so your your topic that you're speaking on today is uh, titled Automating Your Test Suite, Incrementally Eating the Elephant. Yes. So, so tell us a little bit about uh, about testing and and, uh, and some of the issues that Agile teams run into with testing. Yeah, that's a great question, the way you ended that question, because this talk is all about sort of addressing issues that I've seen companies have in automating tests, and especially in the context of an Agile or DevOps world. They end up with this very ironic sort of situation where they end up having... Um, automated tests built by a separate isolated team, um, delivering those tests in a big bang sort of sort of rollout. And with the isolated team sometimes being consultants or things like that, with them rolling off, then an inability to maintain those, uh, those tests and the sort of lack of value or the, the rot, uh, the rotting of that automated test suite over time because People don't know how to maintain it. They don't know what was tested, et cetera. It's really ironic in an agile or DevOps sort of world that we've got an isolated team, that we have big bang rollouts, uh, that we have uh, sort of a, the rotting of what should be a, a, a highly valued asset, something that should be high value, something we should be thinking about ROI and TCO and things like that. Uh, it just kind of rots and then we throw it away. Um, it's just such a common problem, kind of very ironic. Uh, and my talk is about bringing back uh, that, that sort of activity 
to principles like incremental sort of rollout, focusing on the most valuable things first, um, getting a cross-functional team together and not having isolated specialists, things like that. So where is the breakdown? Who, who's to blame, I guess, right? Uh, is, it the, is it the teams? Is it the leadership? Where, where's, where's the source? Yeah, I think, I think, that's, I think it's everywhere. I think that um, there is uh, sometimes from management what you'll see is a sort of obsession with utilizing resources. I hate when people say mm -hmm. resources and they're referring to people. Um, but uh, an obsession with utilizing resources correctly. So if you're a selenium expert and you come in, or I'm going to pay you to come in because you're a selenium expert, I obviously could only have you work on selenium stuff. I don't want anyone else to bother you because that would slow you down, mm -hmm. all those sorts of things. So that's the sort of idea you see from management. Um, but I also talk about that sort of um, shunning of responsibility and believing in unicorns and rainbows from the team side also, where the team, will, oftentimes you'll hear them say things like, well, once we have the, the uh, regression tests automated, then we won't have this problem anymore. Or, yeah. you know, once we get some training or once we bring um, somebody else in to do this, um, then we won't have this problem anymore. And that's the sort of magical thinking and shunning of responsibility, really. So I think it, it happens from all sides and yeah. for kind of different reasons. So do you think some of the issue is the fact that uh, it's kind of uh, these experts and are deployed rather than being you know, an actual part of the team? You think that hurts them, hurts, hurts everybody, basically? Yeah, and I think, I think again, it's, it's, it's kind of ironic we end up in this situation. This is a lesson that we've already learned. Uh, keeping people in isolated silos isn't really going to work long term when you're building assets um, uh, for the company overall. And yes, the, the, thing, the thing you see a lot is, well, Selenium, you know, bring in some Selenium experts or whatever. It doesn't matter what the technology is. Today I say Selenium, tomorrow I say whatever. It doesn't matter. But we bring in some Selenium experts and we're going to pay a lot for those people, right? And um, so we get into this mindset of they just have to do their stuff, they have to be isolated, we shouldn't bother them, um, et cetera. But really, if you want a good return on that investment, you would put those sorts of people onto the regular teams, have people on the regular teams that will maybe still be around once the cons consultants roll off, um, build up an understanding of the tools, of what was automated, uh, why, et cetera. Mm -hmm. So uh, your company, uh, I would imagine you, you obviously focus on, on this kind of subject, uh, testing and team building and stuff like that. Uh, is that kind of, what, what kind of other areas do you, do you as a, your company focus on? Yeah, that's a, that's a great question. Um, so the, the base of what I do is, is training and coaching. And the training, a lot of the training I do is around uh, Scrum and around team building uh, for Scrum. And... I have a background, a pretty wide background in coding and database uh, uh, work and business analysis, test automation, et cetera, that really helps me talk to a, cr a cross-functional team and explain to them. They, they know that I'm where I'm coming from. Uh, mm -hmm. They know that I've lived uh, some of their experiences um, and uh, help them break that down, help them really work as a team. Um, et cetera. Awesome. So do you think that we, uh, you know, we get to a point where 
you know, Agile is no longer. I mean, obviously, DevOps is what the next the next step. Um, you know, is this is this something where we eventually get to business as usual? You know, and and kind of like the idea of training somebody uh, has reached its finality, or are we just kind of on this journey and we will continue to evolve? Mm-hmm. kind of for the foreseeable future? Yeah, that's a great question. The, 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 one of the most common questions I get in my training is, is Scrum a fad? When will Scrum go away? Uh, those sorts of things. And you could, you know, uh, some people want to conflate, I guess, maybe doing Scrum with quote unquote doing Agile. Agile sort of a state of being, a state of mind. I, I don't think the way I answer that question is Scrum, something like Scrum, a, a, an actual technique, mm-hmm. may come or it may go. That's fine. But I don't think we're ever going to end up in a point in any time in the future, whether that's the near future or the far future, any time in the future, I don't think we're going to end up at a point where a business says, you know what, I want to move slower and not be able to respond to the market. I want my competitors to be able to deliver products faster to the market than me. Like, I don't think we're ever going to, we're never going to have that. Yeah. So the concept of uh, agility, the true meaning of agility, um, and that both in terms of product development and the business in general, I don't think that's that's going away. Yeah. So you mentioned uh, these uh, these big bang rollouts. So uh, if someone's not familiar, is that just the the idea that we are uh, basically going to roll the whole thing out with no safety net and guardrails? It happens at the end, um, and you get the big bang or the big bust? Yeah, exactly. And and typically people talk about big bang, they're talking about the release of a product. Mm-hmm. In my case, I'm talking about big bang in terms of the um, delivery of a set of automated tests, right? Mm-hmm. Um, oftentimes when you see this, this pattern where there's an external team that has built out these tests, they work isolated, they work on their own. You don't really see what they're building or what they're doing. You don't necessarily integrate it and start running those tests right away, et cetera. What happens is, some some time in the future, they deliver all of their automated tests. You know, there and now there's 400 automated tests that they've delivered, and you have the typical problems that you have with the Big Bang rollout of it not necessarily being what people actually wanted, mm-hmm. and that uh, it may have drifted from what is actually needed, um, etc. Uh, in this case, when you see uh, someone deliver, you know, 400 automated tests. I've never seen anyone work in an isolated way like that, hand over 400 um, uh, automated tests, and all 400 of those tests pass. Yeah. I've never seen it once. Now, I'm not saying it doesn't happen, I can, but I can tell you I've never seen that once myself. And I don't think that's coincidental. I think that, that's part and parcel with this sort of big bang rollout. They've worked in an isolated way. Um, they've had very specific goals of, we need to automate 400 tests. Um, if the, the application changed, underneath them mm-hmm. um, that was noise to them or something that they had to ignore because, hey, we already got 399 automated. We just need to do this last one, et cetera. Awesome. Um, so how, how, do, how, how do organizations go about you know, bringing that testing um, further in, closer in towards the process and not make it that uh, almost waterfall process? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, the uh, first part of that solution is something I mentioned already, which is you want to bring, even if you have these specialists, they're highly specialized people, you're paying them a lot of money, whatever. Um, maybe they're people that uh, are full-time employees for you, maybe they're consultants, it doesn't matter. Bring them in closer to the team, have them work on the team itself, 
um, that will help spread the knowledge around and uh, make sure that the, the things they are developing are useful and that they get run um, right away and they start getting integrated into a build process, et cetera. Um, so that's, that's one piece. Um, another piece is that sort of approach to, I am going to, if, if test automation is valuable, then I am going to do it. I'm going to do it every sprint. And if it's valuable, I'm going to do it. Um, and so I talk about some techniques for building up automation inside of the, inside of the sprint. Um, I talk about common, uh, common objections to that. And I get it. There's a lot of people that are out there. Um, they have a regression test suite that takes four days to run. And so they don't run it very often. Right? But if you really want shippable software at the end of a sprint or at the end of an iteration, um, yeah, you'd have to regression test it, right? Um, yeah. If it's really going to be potentially shippable. And that's another uh, sort of theme of the, uh, of the talk is that don't, don't lose sight of that goal. That is the goal. And it's not because Scrum says, it's not because Gary says, it's not because Ken Schwaber says, whatever. This obsession with having something that is potentially shippable is actually what your stakeholders have always asked you for all along. The only question that's left is, are we going to listen? Right? If you've ever told someone it's 80% done, the next question you got back was, okay, that's fine, great, whatever. When will it be done? Right? Mm -hmm. It's done, but it's not tested. When will it be tested? Uh, it's done, but don't ship it yet. Well, when can I ship it? Right? All we're doing is trying to align with what the business and stakeholders have wanted from us all along. It's not arbitrary, and it's not some um, uh, dogma that comes across from some agile framework. Awesome. So, uh, so Gary, again, you're from Sedoto Solutions. If, uh, yep. if somebody heard uh, uh, this, this podcast today, uh, just uh, really kind of uh, was interesting to them, wanted to hear some more from you or some more about this, how would they reach out and, and get in contact with you? Yeah, um, sedotosolutions.com is where you can uh, find the, the uh, website. And I blog personally at garypadretti.com. Uh, it's first name, last name, dot com. Um, and then if you want to reach me by email, it's gary at sodotosolutions.com. Sodoto is S-O-D-O-T-O. -O. Again, that's an acronym. Um, and you can find me on Twitter and things like that, at Gary Pedretti. Well, Gary, uh, I appreciate you coming on and uh, giving us uh, a couple minutes of your perspective. And, and, I, and I understand that uh, you, you've already given your talk, so the pressure's off, yeah. right? Yep. And it's all uh, smooth sailing from here on out. And uh, I heard it went great. So I appreciate you coming on and, uh, and sharing that perspective with us. Yeah, thanks for the opportunity to speak. Thank you for listening to the Technically Speaking Podcast. Get involved with the show by following us on Twitter at SpeakTech or like our page at Facebook.com slash SpeakTechPodcast. If you have suggestions or questions related to the show or would like to be considered as a future guest, send feedback and inquiries to hey at SpeakTechPodcast.com. I'm Zach Lands, and thank you for listening to the Technically Speaking Podcast.